Peace, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Check the Method Podcast, the podcast about the artist process. I am your host, M. Tony Peralta. In today's episode, we bring to you Tiffany Perez. Tiffany is a tattooist or tattoo artist, mostly known for her very detailed and realistic black and gray tattoos. She uh, owns and operates a tattoo parlor out in Patterson, New Jersey called Ink Gallery Tattoos. And um, she was also part of the VH1's Black Ink Crew. I um, trooped it over over to, uh, to, to Jersey and crazy thing about it was that we had such a lovely conversation. Um, come to find out when we was done with the, the conversation, I forgot to press record. Um, it comes with the territory, you know, this is, uh, it was one of the first few um, interviews that I was doing and, um, you know, you, you kind of learn through mistakes. So we basically had to re-record the, the episode, but we had to kind of like go a little bit faster because Tiffany was very kind of um, sharing her time with me, but she also at some point had to open up her shop. So the episode came out good, but the first one was really, really great. But anyway, uh, let me stop rambling and um, just get to the episode. So everybody just enjoy um, the Tiffany Paris episode. Peace. Anyway, I'm here with Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. <laughs> I'm doing well. First of all, thank you. Thanks for having me here. Thank you this for is, coming. You have a beautiful shop. I'm very impressed that you have this amazing space here. Thank you. So how's it going, though? How you doing? Pretty good. Um... Uh, we talked about this earlier, but I recently had a stroke, yes. so I'm currently recovering, but I'm like maybe 85, 90% there. So right now I'm just, you know, just working, getting into the routine of things and just uh, working out and getting ready to do a big travel trip soon. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. How long were you out of commission? Um, I would say... Honestly, only a month and a half. Wow. Yeah. Uh, my doctor, he told me to be off of work for six months and I just wasn't having it. I was like, I can't be in this place, depressed depressed here, not doing anything with myself. So I made it a goal to come to work. And I know I wasn't supposed to be working, but I, I did it. And I'm glad I did because I think that helped me to recover much quicker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially through. Yeah. What do you, what, I mean, I guess it's just like, I was going to ask, like, what, what do you find that, that, that that thing that made you be like, nah, I don't want to be home. Like, I, I want to do this. Well, I I started to get depressed. And I remember I went through a phase, like, maybe a year and a half ago, really bad depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was horrible. And I said to myself, I, I would never get to this place again. Yeah. I refused to let it happen. So when I started to feel that coming through, I said, uh-uh. <laughs> I got to do whatever I can to get better and to get up and running because this is not good. But it's something that happens, like, when you have a stroke. They told me from the beginning. They're like, we're going to tell you right now you're going to go through a depression. Yeah. It's just something that happens with your mind and your your brain trying to heal. Um, so I felt everything anxiety, depression. I was impulsive. I was emotional, everything, everything. And then when you feel kind of helpless, you know, you can't take care of yourself. You can't even walk. So it puts you in a really dark place. Mm. So I knew that once I started to feel that I I had to do whatever I could. So I was like tricking my brain to thinking I'm, I'm better than I was. I hear you. Mm -hmm. The, the, 
you have to find those tools in order to trick your brain to not allow yourself to fall into those holes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rewiring mm-hmm. your brain is, is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself as far as your background and where you grew up, where you're from? Okay. Um, well, I'm from Patterson, New Jersey. I was born and raised. Um, I am a professional tattoo artist. I've been tattooing for 13 years. I have a shop. Um, I've been here for eight years. Yeah. Uh, and thank you. Yeah. Just made eight years in, in June. So that's an accomplishment. And, uh, and I went to Montclair state university to be an art teacher, but it ended up turning into something much different. Well, not much different, but something I didn't need schooling for. Yeah. And you you mentioned, well, I actually saw one of the videos. I think it was an interview that you did with Ink. Yeah. And you, and you said that your father was the person who bought you your first tattoo machine and you wasn't even into tattoos like that. Yeah. Yeah. I knew nothing about tattoos. I didn't have any. I never stepped foot into a tattoo shop. But my, um, my father, uh, yeah, he bought me a tattoo machine for my birthday. And I remember us kind of like talking about it uh, before, like he, he said, you ever thought about like getting into tattoos? That's, that's where the money is at. And I said, no, not really, but that sounds pretty cool because all I see is like males doing tattoos and to, to be a female tattoo artist, I thought the idea of that just kind of like got me excited. And then he ended up getting me a a machine and then I, um, became an apprentice and life has been that way since. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned that at the beginning, it was kind of hard for you to to um to to find an apprenticeship, what yeah. what do you think that 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 was? Was it because you was a female? Yeah, um, I, cause what happened was I was trying to teach myself at home and uh, it just was not working out well. And I knew that I had to do an apprenticeship, so I started reaching out to tattoo shops. I mean, almost it seemed like almost every tattoo shop in Jersey and nobody wanted to to take on an apprentice. So one day my cousin reached out to me. He was like, Hey, you still looking for an apprenticeship? And I was like, yeah, why? And he's like, Oh, my boy, he's looking for one. And he wants a female apprentice. So we went to the shop like the next day and he saw my portfolio and he just was like, I want to take you under my wing. And that's yeah. when I became an apprentice. That's amazing. Yeah. Can you describe to me like how was um 10 year old Tiffany? What kind of kid were you? I would say that I was uh, very shy and I was definitely an introvert, very to myself. Are you a cancer? Um, I'm an Aries, okay. but I'm on the cusp. So Pisces, Aries, Pisces are like daydreamers. So yeah. I would say I'm kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 10 year old me was was always just home, just drawing, coloring, playing with toys, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but I was always kind of artsy, I yeah. would say. And it, it sounds like your parents were, were folks that, that really uh, encouraged the, the artistic side of you. Yes. Um, well, for, well, my father, he's actually, I would consider him an artist. He used to do graffiti yeah. um, and airbrushing, and he taught me how to draw when I was really young, like at two years old, he was showing me like in coloring books, how to use, like, instead of like for an apple, instead of just using the color red, you're going to use dark red and a light Mm. red, like three different tones of red to give you the blend. So he was teaching me that at a very young age. Wow. Um, And I'm glad he did. And like coloring in the lines and stuff like that. So he, he helped me out a lot when it came to the art. 
I was about to ask you, were you a kid that colored outside the lines? No, I wasn't. <laughs> My father taught me not to do that. <laughs> so that there's like there you know that says a lot about like what kind of artist you are. Are you more like a control freak or somebody like just like a a free spirit type person uh, that's just no. like whatever? No, no, no. I'm like in the lines kind of person, very detailed. Um, yeah. And then, and then my mother also, she encouraged me. So she got me into art school when I was around nine or 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was there, even the art teacher herself, like when she saw the type of work that I did, I did a lot of uh, portraits there. She said, you're going to be famous one day. And she told my mother that, and I thought it was, it was pretty cool that she was able to see my potential at such a young age. Yeah. Why portraits? I don't know. I just got always been into it. Um, even when I was two, I have a drawing when I was two years old of my very first face. And yeah. the features were there, everything. And I don't know. It was just something that I really enjoyed doing and I feel comfortable doing. And even to this day, like as a tattoo artist, it's one of my favorite things to do. I really can't explain it. I, I think I just love maybe just the detail of it and like doing the eyes, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know the features of a person's face. I just love to do. Yeah. Yeah. How how does inspiration show up for you? Inspiration shows up through social media because I think that for me, I, I follow a lot of different artists, a lot of different tattoo artists and a lot of, most of them are either more experienced than me or, um, just better as artists so when I see their work it it gives me a boost of inspiration and motivation to to become a better artist so I can get at their level yeah so I would say my inspiration does come from that and also um taking breaks which is why I I really love to travel and taking a break from that and just rebooting I think gives you like um like a restart. So when you come back from your break, you you feel refreshed and ready to go. Yeah. So I think those two kind of helped me out a lot. So then can you just explain to me like when once like inspiration strikes for you, what are what are the next steps that you take? Um so I would say I usually go on Pinterest and just look at hundreds and hundreds of photos and then I create like a mood board and I put those photos of inspiration in there and then I decide what is it that I want to do and I'll pick a photo and then I'll just get ready pick the time do it at home set the tone fix the lighting light some incense and play some music and then I just get in the zone and I just get lost so that that's your ritual once you're ready to tackle something you put it you put on some incense and put some music on yeah yeah definitely what, what kind of music I don't know how to explain the music. It's almost like yoga-ish, new age, like nothing really with lyrics because Mm -hmm. um, like let's say if I listen to hip hop, sometimes the lyrics would kind of throw me off and just distract me because then I'll hear them talking about drugs and women and stuff like that. I'm like, what am I listening to? (laughs) Like, this is not a good inspiration type of music. So, um, so I try to listen to things that are a little more calming and less distracting. Or sometimes if like, depending on my mood, I'll also go on YouTube or listen to podcasts and Mm. because I'm into like self-motivation and self-help. So I'll watch videos like that too. Have you ever been like drawing something and, and maybe might be listening to hip hop or whatever. And like, your character might be like smoking a blunt or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, you know, like it, 
you're you're being affected directly by what you're listening to and it somehow it just winds up on the page? Oh, good question. Um I don't know. I think it just plays funny. more with my mood. So if it's like let's say it's trap music, then I feel like cooler and and a little more thorough. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just I don't I don't really know how to explain. I guess yeah. it's just a little bit distracting. And then I start thinking about other things and I start thinking I'm in expensive cars and have jewelry and mm. being on yachts and stuff, but <laughs> my my mind starts to go elsewhere. It, it makes sense <laughs> that you you listen to like the with with the work that you do and the music that you listen to when you're like like your ritual because it sounds like you're you get in a trance. And, yeah. and that's one thing that I was really like curious about is because your work is so hyper-realistic, it looks like you're in a meditative state. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. I mean, one thing is like when, I, like when I'm drawing, it'll be like three hours later and I look at the time like, wow, I was really drawing for this long. You just really get lost. That's no thoughts, nothing. Just, But it depends though, because sometimes if I'm stressed out, then I'll start thinking about all of that. But then I'll get into my my zone place, and I love when that happens. It's crazy because those are those are one of the little details that I envy from certain artists is the their ability to um, lose themselves in their work. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I am so the opposite. Oh really? I I start something and then I will look at my phone and I, yeah. I go. I that just means you go got back. a lot going on. Yeah, I just yeah, go yeah. back and forth. It's and hard it's, to be in the moment, like yeah, that. it is. And I I try to be a person that is in the moment like be present mm-hmm. i'm not really somebody that's in my head a lot yeah but for some reason when i'm work when i'm doing work or whatever i'm just like super distracting person and but it's but the funny thing is that you i've have embraced ADD? You have i have ADD? no i don't oh, okay. i don't have add okay. but i but it's it's part of my process yeah, yeah right and it's just like i envy the people that just be there for hours and shit yeah but for me it's just like nah like i i i, I have like I'm good in spurts. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's weird because if I get lost, well, if I don't get lost, um, this happens more when I'm tattooing. I think it's because, like, if I'm too stressed out or mm-hmm. I have a lot on my plate, I think about nothing else but all the things that I have to do while I'm tattooing. And yeah. if I actually don't, because it happens where I don't want to do a tattoo, yeah. I'm not interested in the theme or the piece. So it's like kind of boring to me. So that's when I really like just get lost in all the things that I have to do. How do you push through that? How do you push through something like uh, somebody coming to you and wanting to do something that you have no idea? How do, how do you, how do you it, switch your brain? Yeah. Like, it, is it, do you become like the business person? I think I have to, it's like self-talk. So I have to tell myself, I'm going to make this try to make this the best tattoo I can. <laughs> a tattoo I don't even want to do, but you, I don't know. I, I just have to try to force myself to be in the moment and just appreciate every line that I do, every little shading that I do. And it kind of helps me a little bit. Um, but it, it could get a little hard because yeah. something that might take me two hours to do feels like it's double the time just because I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. yeah so... Now, when 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 you're sitting there and it was like three hours later and you're done, right? Mm-hmm. How do you feel afterward? Like it, what? Yeah, like what kind of emotions and stuff are going through you when you're done with something? 
I feel excited um, and just really happy. It brings me back to why I started tattooing and why I'm an artist is that passion that you feel inside. So when I'm done with a piece, it just feels so good. I can't wait to take pictures. And then if the client is happy, oh my God, that like triples the happiness in me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I, when I do a piece for that long and, and it's just beautiful in the end. It makes me really excited. And then I'll start taking pictures and videos. And I just can't wait to post it and, and share with other people. Yeah. So it's a good feeling. It, it just feels so good. Okay. What do you do when you have this perfect idea in your head? Mm-hmm. Like you have the idea and then you start working on it. And it's not coming out the way that you envisioned it. Oh, you're, you're, <laughs> my heart starts to race. It, I get anxiety. <laughs> yes. And I don't like that feeling. Um, but sometimes if it's like a piece and, and I mean, I don't get this too much anymore in the beginning though, when I first started tattooing, there were a lot of pieces where I couldn't even get any sleep because I was so disappointed on how it came out. Really? Yeah. And it happened a lot in the beginning, but now it's like, I, I kind of know what to do to get mm-hmm. to a place where it's like, okay, maybe as an artist, I'm critiquing every little thing, but I know the client will be happy. Yeah. Like they won't see those little things that I see. I'm like a perfectionist. I see every little thing. Yeah. So. What What will you say that your uh, creative peak time is, love? So, like for me, I'm only I'm I'm only good from like ten to five, and then after yeah. five o'clock, that's it. Like my brain is just not that I don't work, but I I can't sit down and work. What happens is maybe after five o'clock, and when I'm winding down, is just that my mind wanders and and maybe come up with new ideas, things when I'm watching, but like. Yeah. What is your, like, peak time? So, it's weird because when it comes to tattooing, I would say the earlier times are better. Like, my first clients are my favorite, but if I have a client at 5 o'clock, I don't, I don't like to take those clients because by that time, I'm tired. I'm not refreshed and just not in a mood to, to do a tattoo. So, I would say, like, for me, it's, like, the 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock are good times because mm-hmm. I have my breakfast. I'm ready to start the day, have my coffee. So, but then when it comes to five o'clock, I'm like, Mm-mm. but then when it comes to drawing, I really actually do enjoy drawing late at night because I feel like that's the time that everyone's asleep and I could really just get in my zone and not be distracted by phone calls or text messages or anything like that. So it's weird. It's kind of like, it's both yeah. for me. Okay. What is outside of your comfort zone look like? And, you know, how do you push through that as well? Like Outside of my comfort zone with... Um, like, for instance, like, you do hyper, hyper-realistic hyper stuff. So it's just like, yeah. is, is doing something... Oh, like another a different style. style. Uh, doing okay. a different style, like, yeah. you know... So when, like... Because there's times where uh, somebody will come to me like, hey, can you do, like, an old traditional piece? And I'm like, there is nothing on my page with old traditional tattoos. Like, yeah. what made you think, to, you know, to come to me? But some people just feel comfortable with their artists, so they just want to try something different. But in that case, I have to, like, see a bunch of images online to understand and really study the whole style of mm-hmm. it, the whole dynamic of it. What type of lines are they using? What type of color scheme are they they using for this style just so I could get some knowledge on it and and take it from there and then I'll start following some old traditional artists and like whatever style it is just to get inspiration from that too so that's kind of how I do it yeah when I don't work with a specific style okay and I I also see I've seen online that you do pottery yes you know can you explain like how you got into that and you know what's the reason why you started doing pottery is it like is that another is that like kind of challenging another part of your brain 
maybe? Yeah, I I think so. I wanted to do something different. I wanted a different hobby. And I just, I don't know why. I just love pottery. <laughs> and um, seeing it, I was like, I got to do this someday. So I gave it a try and I fell in love and I just became addicted to doing it. So I signed up for these courses and I take class every week. Um, but for me, it's um, very therapeutic. It helps me to be in the moment because I think with pottery, it's a, it's a lot harder than what people think um, because there's a lot involved, like the the pressure, the way your hands have to be positioned, the way your body is, the way the clay is flexible, like everything. So when you're dealing with all those little challenges, it, it kind of forces you to focus and be in the moment. So I think it helps me mentally more yeah. than anything. Um, and also like being able to incorporate like my artistic, my tattoo side to it, because once you create the um, vessel or like the the bowl or the mug with mm -hmm. clay, then you could design it. So I could use... You know, paint, you know, I could play around with paints and, and create images on it or carve, you know, shapes and patterns out of it. So it's just overall a fun and therapeutic thing for me. So like a lot of your friends get like pottery things for, for, for birthdays and like Christmas from you? But, well, <laughs> honestly, not really, because I feel like I have a lot more to learn. Yeah. But I think this this Christmas coming up, I'm going to be ready to give them all out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The newer pieces. You know, one thing I, I was just that just came to my mind is like, who was the who was the first person you gave a tattoo to? Oh, it was uh, someone that was working at the shop I was at. It was a tattoo artist. Yeah. He was like, Tiff, you could tattoo me. I'm like, you sure? It might ruin your body. He's like, I don't care. Then he shows me his leg and he had <laughs> his friend, I guess, used a needle and some type of ink and did like a a cartoon Batman. It was just like a circle uh -huh. for the head, triangle for the body. Like, it was just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't care. He was like, if I don't like it, I'll just cover it up. So I'm sure he did. <laughs> so what What was it? It was uh like a zombie doll. Okay. We got from like one of those tattoo books. Yeah. He was like, I want this girl. So I did it. Do you think he still has it? I don't think so. No. No? Nah. No, I don't think so. Do Will you, will you say that this is your life's purpose? Yeah. I do. I do. One thing I think is important, especially when it comes to life, is like waking up in the morning and feeling excited, like doing what you love. Yeah. And if you feel that way, then I think that is your purpose. And I get to, it's more than just like tattoos. I'm actually able to talk to people. It's like therapy. Yeah. For some people. And I've heard so many stories and I feel like I've helped people just by giving them a you know, some advice or just listening to them while I'm tattooing them. So I think it is my purpose for sure. Yeah. Like your therapist stuff. Yeah. Ink therapist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because like listening to a lot of things that you do from, you know, obviously tattooing, hyper-realistic, uh, the music that you're listening to, even the pottery, again, it's this thing where you're in a meditative state. What are, mm -hmm. you know, which is, it, it makes all the sense in the world, right? Um, but what are some of the things that you might do that takes you outside of it? Like, you know, that it, you're not so in a zone. I guess. Yeah, uh, there... definitely uh, stress. If I have, and it happens a lot when I'm at the shop where it's just so much I have to do. And I kind of feel stuck there. Like I can't just get up and make a phone call, you know, um, in the middle of a tattoo session. So like, it's kind of like you're stuck in your thoughts at times. Or if I'm doing a piece that I don't want to do yeah it's it's kind of boring to me so I'll get like lost I mean not lost I'm sorry I'll get I guess distracted and and not 
want to do it. I've seen you dance before. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's like, is that one of the things, like dancing salsa and stuff like that? Like, is that a, another another way to kind of do a, something completely different than what you do already? Yeah. I, that's why I like hobbies and I encourage them because you're being so consumed with tattoos. It's like, I don't know. I need to balance it out with something yes. else. Yeah, like so, how do you balance things out? Yeah, yeah, so I'll do other things. Like I got into the pottery. I was doing salsa classes. I took a little break because of my stroke. So I'm okay. not doing those spins might mess me up. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and uh, traveling and maybe just going into a different town and trying a restaurant. Just like balancing life out by trying and doing different things, I think is important. Because yeah. if you're just so consumed and just creating art, 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 and nothing else, and it starts to get boring and you feel like there's no balance there, yeah. it's like this is all it is. But sometimes you got to kind of rear out a little bit and try other things. And how do you manage being a shop owner, having a business, having a staff, and being an artist? Like, how do you manage that? It's it's hard. And I mean, you have to get help. You, you got to pay someone to help you. Okay. So I, um, for a long time, I was doing this all by myself. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I burnt out and I was having like anxiety attacks and everything. So I ended up hiring a receptionist and it took a big load off of my shoulder. So she helps me with social media. She mm-hmm. helps with my emails, answering the phones, all that stuff I used to do. And it was, that was just like the craziest thing. Um, and then balancing time, like I know we're all trying to like make money, but sometimes money is not the answer. Yeah. So I'll like tattoo to a specific time. And then after that, I'll use the rest of the time to do something else, either that I want to do or, you know, something else. Yeah. And, it's, and even on my days off, like I'll go in and do pottery, you know, that's yeah. my therapy or find time to visit your family. Like you have to really balance your time. Yeah. Like, you, it can't just be all about work your whole day you have to find other outlets yeah now based on the stuff they told me it sounds like you was destined to be an artist right because like like drawing a portrait Mm -hmm. at the age of two Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff right but if you wasn't an artist what do you think you'll be doing right now? i think either like I'll probably be a, a doctor. I always wanted to be a plastic surgeon. Don't ask mm. me why, because I don't. I have nothing done. But I something about like helping people to feel good about themselves. Yeah. Um. So that was something I I actually kind of considered. Um. Or I'll probably do something with like be a travel blogger. Yeah. Just because I love traveling that much, like that passion, that excitement that I feel with art, I feel that same way with travel. Yeah. So I'll probably do one of those two. What does the next five to ten years look like for you? Uh, I definitely want to open up some more tattoo shops. Mm. Um, I'm actually in the process of trying to open up another one here in Jersey. And then um, after that, probably another state. And I would like to take it easy. Like, I don't want to work tattoo every single day. Maybe do like three tattoos in a week. Yeah. And then just run the shops. Like, I'm trying to transition into the uh, more management business side of things. Yeah. So I'll probably do that and maybe do some more real estate stuff. But Really? Yeah. I have one property. Okay. Um, But I think later on, maybe I might want to do some more passive income. Mm-hmm. When I have, I don't really have too much time. So when I have the more more time to just take a step back, I would like to. Yeah, because one thing I find fascinating where certain tattoo artists is like when you have like your books, like what does that mean when like you're super booked, like your book books are closed books and are then closed, you yeah. open that up? Like what does that mean? Because that, first of all, that sounds just like. 
that sounds awesome because it's like <laughs> it's guaranteed money that you know is yeah. gonna be coming in. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I get when I get to a year, I'll close my books. One time I left my books open and it was like two and a half years. And I tour of appointments. Yes. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. And I said I can't do this no more because I was just burnt out and I didn't have no vacation time set 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 up. I was just working nonstop for all yeah. that time. So yeah, I closed my books for a year and then when I'm ready, I'll I'll open them up again. But it gets chaotic. Like I once I open this shop phone, just not stop ringing. It's insane. So I have to like mentally prepare myself for that. And your DMs, what does that look like? I don't even answer. You don't though. even look That's why I right? put on my bio no DMs because it's a, every day. I mean, it's just, but it's a lot of the same questions. Yeah. So, um, it, I mean, if I'm there answering, I, I'll never. Yeah. Uh, that's like a second job, so it's it's hard to to do that. And my last question is like. What would be a piece of advice that you will give to a young creative that is trying to just follow their their dreams? You know, not necessarily somebody who's a tattoo artist, just anybody. Just, you know, uh, what what's a piece of advice that definitely worked for you that you would want to pass down? Or even tell okay. yourself, or even tell like your younger self, you know what I'm saying? One thing my father used to tell me was um, if if you can't, Oh my God, what was the quote? If you can't, then you won't. In a sense, basically, if you say that you can't, then it's not going to happen. So yeah. you have to just like really believe, truly believe that you can do anything you want in life and keep that fire and that passion and that ambition alive. And you'll be able to manifest it into your, into your uh, reality. Yeah. So... I'm big on like law of attraction and yeah. just manifesting. So if I say I can do something, I, it's going to happen. Your father sounds awesome. He's a great person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sounds a, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that goes yeah. to show you like, you know, just it's a lot of times it's just be the parents and like they just, they, they make great kids, you know, yeah. but it all starts like with the parents and your yeah. father, honestly, sounds awesome <laughs> thank you well thank you so tiffany thank you so much for doing this thank i really you. appreciate it I appreciate sorry it for our little no hiccup needs, it's okay but we still managed to make it happen yes thank you so much i appreciate it all right thanks all right bye all right we ended up making it happen yes <laughs>